We are and always will be a nation of immigrants. This is my country, my damn country. Give me my country, you can keep the rest. Old men and women yearning for freedom and opportunity who leave their homelands and come to a new country to start their lives over. We were strangers once too. Hello, 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 aliens and allies. Your friendly Russian is here. This is We the Aliens podcast, and I am your host, Sasha Kapustina. Here, I talk to immigrants who are kicking ass in the U.S. Thank you for tuning in. My guest this week is Grace Ramirez, Chef Grace. And this is part two of our conversation. So if you have not listened to part one yet, check it out wherever you're listening right now. Grace shares her journey from Venezuela to the U.S. and then from being a TV producer to being in front of the camera and then further into the kitchen. And this is where we pick up in today's episode. Besides writing cookbooks and hosting TV shows, Grace has been an ambassador for Zacapa Rum, and she shares her story of getting herself that gig. Spoiler alert, it did not land in her lap by itself. She wanted it, and she got it. And this has been a theme in many of my conversations, that intention setting and going for it. And you know, I love those stories. Grace has also been an activist and a volunteer, which is also a common theme among immigrants. And she's been working with World Central Kitchen that was founded by another immigrant, Chef Jose Andres. And we talk about Grace's work in New York during the pandemic and what World Central Kitchen has done for the city and for the food industry in the city. Grace also shared some exciting news about her newest venture, And here's our chat. I got the title of the show in the second episode. So basically, Gordon Ramsay made you cry on camera. Yeah, he, oh, he did, as he does. Um, and then he kicked me out. But I remember the producer saying to me, you should do culinary school. You really are so passionate about this that you should go to culinary school. And I was like, and Gordon Ramsay said, you know, you should go to culinary school and come back to the show. I was like, I'm never doing this show again. This is brutal. But they were right. I wanted to do culinary school. And, but I was like, I'm never going to be able to do culinary school. I'm still paying my debt from my school. I'm still paying debt from my accident. Culinary school was $50,000. So I was like, there's no way. But in my depression of like, okay, I didn't win the show. Now what am I going to do? I started reading a Momofuku cookbook and I realized that David Chang had done, which was the same uh, culinary school that Bobby went to. They had done the French Culinary Institute. And I was like, well, let me look into it. So I read about the scholarships and I, I was like, well, I'm going to win that scholarship. <laughs> and, you know, thank God I had enough contacts in the food industry because of the TV shows that I'd done that they gave me amazing recommendation mm. letters. So I did get the scholarship and it was a partial scholarship, but it was enough to, to get, you know, some other loans and, and then, and then do culinary school. So, but again, talk about starting over again. Yeah. I, I, I started working at Italy as the assistant to the executive chef, Alex, chef Alex, and it was rough. <laughs> What was the hardest thing? You know, first of all, when you, when you are working the line, you don't realize how hard it is on your body to work the line. And parts of your, you're on your feet for, you know, 16 hours a day. 
Yeah, restaurant business overall, front and back. It's brutal. brutal. Parts of your body hurt that you didn't even know existed. Um, I think people don't realize that, but it definitely was definitely not. It was very hard to very hard to do culinary school and work full time and be on my feet for 16 hours being so stressed out because I really didn't know what I was doing professionally. No cooking at home. Yes. Cute. Yeah. Professionally. It's so demanding. You need to be so focused. You need to be so fast. And so precise. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, and total. you have to repeat like, the same I, thing and be able to do it exactly the same. That's the most yeah. impressive thing for me because I, I cook, but like, it's always kind of different thing and it's fine. Yeah. But there's like a standard and fast and fast. You need to do it. You need to do it fast. It was crazy. And what, what helped you get through that time? My Mexican people, <laughs> <laughs> the, my, my, you know, my line cooks and my prep cooks were all amazing. And they were these amazing people that were so fast, so precise and so good and so generous with me. And they will help me out. They would help me uh, figure it out. They, they taught me how to do things. Uh, they had a lot of patience with me. I was like halfway through my prep and they had already done and they will help me finish my prep. <laughs> so I just couldn't do it fast enough. I couldn't do it as precise and as fast as they were, mm. but they wanted to help me out. They wanted to succeed. So that's why I fight so hard um, for my community. And, and that's why I did everything I did with, with the pandemic and World Central Kitchen to try to save as many restaurants and as many jobs as possible. I, I feel such a responsibility and gratitude to the industry. So yeah, I switched careers and I did that. And then long story short, I moved to New Zealand after culinary school. I got married, I moved to New Zealand. And then that's when my life took another completely different turn. And that's when I became... Um, I was teaching cooking classes at this spot called Cook the Books and, and, and someone saw me and casted me to become a judge in My Kitchen Rules, which was like the master chef of New Zealand. So I did that and then I was able to publish my cookbook and that's when like La Latina Grace as a TV personality yeah. uh, came so about. You, you came back out front and... Uh... Yeah, I love how you create this, you know, now you're talking and it sounds, you know, you, you can feel and I really appreciate you sharing how hard all of this is because, you know, you look at your Instagram and it's just so beautiful and effortless, <laughs> so stylish and colorful and tasteful and and it's just great, but there's so much grind behind it. Absolutely. And I think that that's something that is very important to highlight. The reason also why, you know, a lot of people say, how does your Instagram look the way I do? I said, well, it is a combination of my production background, all the food styling we had to do at the Food Network, culinary school, and having all that, you know, TV experience. So, so it, it, it is a combination of all those things that are able, that I'm able to have that Instagram and I got to say, I, I was late in the game because I was living in New Zealand and they don't really care about Instagram in New Zealand. And it took me a minute to figure it out because I was so against mm -hmm. it because I was like, oh, my God, I already done all this work. Now I have to figure out Instagram. Now I have to sell myself. Social media. Yeah. And it was it took me a minute. It took me a minute because I was I was completely 
peleada. Like I get, I was like, I hate you, Instagram. Like now I need to figure you out. How did you overcome that? Because I'm still struggling with that. You know, you need to fall in love with it. You need to, <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> honestly, you need to, like everything you do in life. I said, I need to embrace it. It's not going anywhere. It needs to be part of my brand. So I created this persona. It's my alter ego. It is a lot of me. The essence is obviously me. And that's why I haven't been able to ever hand out my Instagram to anyone, even though I've tried to have people help me. It's very personal, but it is a glamorous version of me. It is a enhanced, enhanced. Yes, it is an enhanced version of me that I have fun with, you know, and it's kind of like I, I look at that grace with a lot of love and a lot of like, what would that enhanced grace be doing right now? I love it. Thank you for sharing that. That's a great tip. I think that also you need to create a little bit of a persona for Instagram because if not, it's too personal. When you take things too personal, you don't grow and it's too painful and it's too, when things are too personal, they're too precious, you're too self-involved and then it's not good. So that's what I needed to do. I need to separate myself a little bit from it because if not, it was just too, too much. Yeah, too much. So I think that that's, that's what did it for me. Learning that I had to fall in love with it and, and creating this persona. Wow. I love it. And so I love how you said it, how you think in, in your creative process with it, you think of like, what would that grace be doing right now? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I have to, because otherwise, you know, sometimes I'm down, sometimes I don't feel like doing it and I have like to post, you know, a post for a client or, you know, I have to make that post or I have to make this, or I have to do that glamorous shoot. And I, sometimes I don't feel like it. Sometimes I'm I'm down, sometimes I'm tired, sometimes, and I'm like, okay, wait, you know, okay, so let me blow dry my hair, go to the salon, do da, 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 snap out of it, and then get into this character. So it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of acting. And do you do your own style yourself? Um, my styling for my photos, yes. Wow. The styling for, for myself, no, I have a glam squad. They're amazing. <laughs> they are? Yeah, no, this is, this is not... <laughs> Guys, it's not cheap and it's a lot of people behind me. <laughs> I have to admit that because I don't want people, I make it seem effortless, but it's definitely I not. love how you're so definitely. honest about it and you're sharing that because I think it puts such an uh, unfair uh, expectation on people. Like being in that public space, somebody who is who doesn't have those production skills, somebody who doesn't have a team behind them who doesn't have a budget for all that you know stuff and it puts a lot of pressure on people you know I'm fortunate because I have also production background I'm a producer so I can edit my stuff I can do this I can do that I have an eye I have an ear I've, I've been trained yeah. with that but for me the challenge is for example being in front of it I always hide behind my guests I hide behind my product yeah i don't want to be in front of it and everybody keeps telling me you need to be there and i understand it and in the in a sense like you know uh i feel that pressure um of how do i compete with that you know <laughs> well i think that i think that i don't want to discourage people though like i think that everything is possible yeah. and you can train yourself for a lot of things and i think that you can start small and you can grow i'm not you know i i 
definitely don't want to ever say it's too hard you know no i i, I think for sure you... no, no no but but it, it it's 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 it kind of evens out the expectations the fact that you are so yes. honest and transparent and i really really appreciate that you saying like you have a team helping you like because a lot of people are like yeah. oh yeah that's me right <laughs> no no i think that like for example i i have glam squad i have a team i don't have an Instagram team. I, that is, I do it myself. I mean, I do have a photographer I love to work with. I do have people that I love to work with. I have an amazing, like one of my best friends that it, it, she, it's like my right hand. She did both of cookbooks with me. Uh, Melissa, she, I trust her with my life and I absolutely love working with her. There are a lot of things that you need the team, but I do a lot of stuff by myself I, I say to clients, I was like, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know how much it is for me to go in front of the camera is at least, at least $500. Manicure, hair, makeup, da, da, da. Like it is at least $500 for me to go in front of the camera, looking camera ready, looking appropriate, you know? Um, and, and that is cheap. Like I've managed ways to be very affordable because, you know, no, I, Sometimes I have big budgets, sometimes I yeah, don't. Because it's not a billboard but, shoot, it's for Instagram. And everybody yeah. assumes that it somehow should be free. No, exa exactly. And that's the thing. And I, 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 I just don't do that because I protect my image. And I, I, you know, there are certain standards that I like to follow. I understand that people feel Instagram should be more casual and should look, uh, you know, but that's just not me. Like I wasn't trained like that. I can do a little post fun from my bedroom or in my kitchen with no, no hair, no makeup. Yes. But not, I don't feel comfortable doing that for a client. I, I, it's just, yeah. you know, I come from old school TV, so it, I, it is hard to find that balance. And I have learned to, to try to find that middle ground. Uh, but it, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy, but, um, but I, again, I, I don't want to discourage people that, that they are, not to do it. I think you can start small. I think you can grow. I think that finding your point of view is essential. And, 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 and in that, there's a lot of trial and error. That's the thing that people don't understand. People think that, you know, La Latina, was just like an overnight. No, I, I you know, I'm, I'm the other day they said, you're the 20 year, 20 years overnight success. Yes. It's taken me 20 years to, to be where I am today. And and like even my Instagram, it's been an evolution. If you scroll down, I haven't, I haven't wanted to delete anything because I, when I do mentorship, I said, look at the evolution of my Instagram. Like it, it was not overnight that I came up with this look and feel and, and this strong point of view. It took me a while to figure out what I wanted to communicate. Who am I as a brand? What are my values? And, 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 and all that. It, it takes a minute and it's shifted over the years. Um, the, the important thing is to be on one boat hundred percent when you're there, you know, I always say this, like, don't be on your two, 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 you know, two feet on two boats and go down the river like that. If you're going to do one thing, give it your all, give it hundred percent, be on that boat, go down the river, and then you can change to the other boat. And was there a moment for you, you were deciding which boat you're on? What were the two boats? Yeah, I think that. I was doing a lot of like catering and then I wanted to open a place and then um, I wanted to be on TV and I, 
So it, it was just like, it was trying to manage a lot. And I was like, wait a minute, like, okay, no, I don't want to open a place right now. I want to focus on my TV and writing the cookbook first. And then, you know, so I've kind of, I have to do that for my, yes. It doesn't mean now I juggle a lot of things, but it's all under very, a lot of a very solid structure that I've created for myself. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing those great tips. <laughs> I do want to quickly ask you about uh, Zacapa rum which is such a, such a crazy project. How did you, how did you find yeah. yourself working with them? Again, I think it's, it's another one of those things that I, I pushed myself into the brand. <laughs> um, and, and, and I think that's something, again, that's my very specific story. There's, there's other people that have very different stories that things have falling in their lap and that's beautiful and that's great. I've had very few of those things happen to me. Um, I've worked very kind of very focused and hard into whatever I've, I've wanted it. Uh, it doesn't mean that I have not flow. I flow. I go with the flow. I say, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't ever fly against the wind. And I always like to give this analogy, like, you know, like my girl says, she goes, the eagle always knows where its prey is, but it never flies against the wind. And I, and I, and I take that at heart. I don't fly against the wind. I just I always know where I'm going, but I allow life to happen because if not, it's a struggle, it's a suffering, and you're not able to enjoy the process, which enjoying the process is what is about. Because normally when you get to the end result, uh, it never looks or feels exactly like you want it, like you thought it was going to feel. Yeah. Or, um, you know, whenever I got in that award, whenever I've been, um, there's always something happening parallel to that, that it was like, how am I receiving this amazing recognition and this tragedy happening at the same time? It's crazy, but that is life. So that's why you're, you need to enjoy um, the process. And I think that Sacaba was one of those things that, um, you know, my family's from Venezuela. We grew up around rum. Um, my family was always rum drinkers, but Sacapa, I tried it when I was, you know, you could no longer find any good rum brands, any rum, Venezuelan rum in general. So I was, I was on a trip in the Caribbean and, and the person in the liquor store said, you know, you should try Sacapa. And I did, and I fell in love with it. And um, I was like, wow, what is this spirit? And I always do research when I like a product. And I realized it was a woman master blender that, that made Sacapa. And that it was made in Guatemala and that the bottle is hand weaved by Apetate, which is the, the, the ring that it has around. Um, and I was fascinated by it. I was fascinated by the product and, and the women. And then when I did my cookbook, I spoke about, I, because I highlighted all like Latin American things I loved. And I said, you know, one of my favorite rums is from Guatemala. It's Sacapa. I, I, I was not working with them. And one of my dear friends, Lynette Marrero, which she's an amazing mixologist, which you all should check out her uh, masterclass mm -hmm. about mixologists. She has a masterclass. Um, she said, you know, I work with Sacapa. And I'm like, no kidding. So I was like, so she started inviting me over to Diageo. Uh, Sacapa is half owned by Diageo to do tastings of, of my food with Sacapa. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whatever you need, um, I'm, I'm your girl. And, and it became like a thing. So we would do these dinners. She would make cocktails. I would make food. And little by little, 
I would always show up in Diageo on their happy hour and be like, anything you need, I'm your girl. Yeah, it's been many crazy stories of, of, of all the things that I did to push myself into the brand. And until they started hiring, they were, there was a position open to be the worldwide ambassador. And lucky for me, they were looking for someone with a culinary background because they really want to tap into the culinary space right. because the Kappa pairs so well with food. So it was a long interview process until I was offered the position to become the worldwide ambassador for the brand, which is a dream job. I get to work with Lorena, which is one of my favorite persons in the world. She you seems know, so Lorena cool. Vasquez, her, she's the best. She's the master blender. And she's like, I, I always say that, you know, my grandmother left me and she left me Lorena because they have the same energy, the same passion, the same yeah. sassiness, hardworking women um, that are just the best to hang out. Like, I love hanging out with Lorena <laughs> and, uh, and hearing her talk about her craft and, and her passion and her energy is it's just so badass, too, that she's uh, she's a woman mixologist. I, I, don't, I know. And she's like, that, she's that like existed. five, two, like she's like five, two. And she's this fiery woman who walks around owning the place. <laughs> you know, I've been to the, where they make the Roman, you know, it gets the, the sugar cane gets cultivated in one place. The aging process happens in another and the bottling happens in another. And, and you know, she's the boss of everything. So there she goes in, in her helicopter and she goes from one place to the next and she's running the show. And, and I just, for me, it's an honor to work with the whole Sakapa team. Dina, she works on the Diaja front. She's also great. So I'm, I feel very lucky to be surrounded by all these wonderful, badass women. Um, so cool. Sakapa is a dream job. One that I'm very grateful for every day that I, that I get to work and play, honestly. Yeah. It's kind of a, you know, 180 turn, but I do want to talk about New York in the last year because you're, you're such a New Yorker and it's been devastating watching this and the whole food industry is bleeding and you've been doing a lot of work there. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about how this unfolded for you this whole year? Yeah. You know, it's been, it's been devastating. I think that, um, it's been like a horror film, to be honest with you, um, But you know what? I Again, I feel very lucky to have been in the position that I was in to have had COVID really early on. At the beginning, I had it March 10th um, wow. last year. So I had it really early on. I had it really bad. Uh, it was very scary, but I didn't die. <laughs> And then I had antibodies that we knew. So I got involved with World Central Kitchen, which is an organization that was created by Chef Jose Andres, which I... I've been volunteering with them for years um, with, you know, Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico, Dorian in the Bahamas, the migration crisis in Venezuela and Colombia. And then with the pandemic, you know, Nate, the CEO calls me and says, you know, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm really sick. He says, good, get it over with because you have to go feed New York. And that was really those words. I, I talk about this a lot because they resonated because I was like, okay, yes, it's true. I have these antibodies. I can go help. You know, they started working first in the Bronx and at a, at a friend's restaurant called Beatstro. Um, they're really good friends of mine. So we started distributing from there 500 meals. And then we grew the operation through generous, very generous donations to a hundred thousand meals a day, which that was for, um, 
hospitals. So it was 16 of New York public hospitals plus community need. Um, and, and the great thing was that they came up with a model of saying, you know, we have to help restaurants that are struggling. So let's buy meals from restaurants. So we, we will buy them in bulk. We will buy 500 meals average from restaurants. We were able to have, um, to give them work, a steady flow of income. Get and, people and we, jobs back. Yeah. Yeah. So we saved over 250 restaurants from closing just in New York. Um, through this program, you know, Chefs for the People, Chefs for America. Um, and and it was amazing. Like, I, I just felt very lucky that even though we were, it was horrific um, to watch my city, my people in so much need, uh, so many restaurants closing and so many people in need. And, you know, I would, I would see the lines, the queues of people making a line to get food and those were like my line cooks, my prep cooks, my dishwashers. You know, I could see their faces and completely relate to the people that were in need. Um, and so it was very gratifying to be able to first, you know, give a meal to um, to those people, but but being bought from restaurants mm-hmm. that we were helping not close. So, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be one of the leads of the operation and. And I think that, yeah, being a New Yorker and working in the food industry and having that production background gave me talk about when everything comes together. That's how I felt. I felt very lucky to have had all that in my mind to be able to help this operation because there was very few of us, you know, Um, we were a small operation and and we were able to do everything we did. Um, and it's like eight and a half the million meals, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was. It's one of the programs still continuing at a very small scale, called WCK Direct. But it's been nine million meals no, today. Nine. Yeah. Wow. And you're now a hero of New York City. <laughs> yeah. What? What was that? Yeah, Is that, that was very. You know, it's it's been. I think that when you do this kind of work, you you don't really. Well, you can do it for or ego recognition, you just jump right into it, yeah. right? You, you, you're like, I got to help. And I think that that's been the most rewarding um, thing. It's been, it's been kind of like, oh, wait a minute. Like this is getting recognized, <laughs> which is yeah. surreal. Like that's not what you were thinking about. I, I really, yeah, I, I really didn't do it to be recognized. I did it because it was my, I felt like it was my duty and my social responsibility. And then comes the city and gives you, you know, a COVID hero award and people magazine name you one of the most influential women in the country. Um, because of it, it's, it's, it's really surprising and, and humbling. And, and I feel very honored to, to have received all those recognitions because honestly, they helped me more than I helped them. Like, because I would have gone mad through this pandemic, not being able to do anything and, or, you know, being at home with nothing to do and, you know, collecting benefits. I I don't, it's just not me. I I would have not been able to do that. Um, um, And and I, I am so happy people were able to do that and take some time off, spend time with their families. I just chose this crazy route. Um, But for me, it was very satisfying and, and I feel a lot of gratitude. Yeah. 
No, that that's a beautiful thing that you guys did, and I've been watching it this whole time, actually. <laughs> and uh, I uh, I've, I follow uh, Chef uh, Jose Andres, and so I was watching him traveling and you know doing things here and there and all over the place. And his work is just uh, amazing. He does an amazing. It's remarkable work. what World Center Kitchen does. Is it's remarkable, yeah. and I I. I feel so honored to be part of that family, honestly. Yeah. And so, well, now things are kind of opening up in New York and you're kind of getting, I guess, back into normal or into new projects. Like what's what's next? As crazy as it sounds, I'm now focused into opening a business, business around making tamales and tortillas, anything corn related, celebrating corn, which is a very unifying factor around Latin America. And I think that through this pandemic, we've seen that some of the most affected people uh, were women, specifically minority women, were the most unemployed. So I'm interested in creating an incubator program attached to the business that is about, you know, making tamales, tortillas, anything cornbread, mm -hmm. anything corn related. And then we're going to train women to have a set of skills Um, so I am, I'm excited about that. That's so cool. What's it called? You know, I, my, my grandmother's name is Mary. So it, there's something with La Maria or Maria and obviously Virgin Mary, if Latin, any Maria is such a common yeah. name, but I need to play with it because, um, obviously Maria is going to be taken as a name. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I'm still working on it. I'm still working on the name, but it's something along those lines i'll be following your instagram yeah i'm pretty excited about that um yeah we have a lot of uh, you know tv fun projects but like that's my next bold um move and really you know supporting the city i i wanna i'm, I'm excited to see the city come back up and i want to be part of that renaissance yeah yeah it's coming thank you yeah. so much it was so you're great welcome. i loved it my pleasure thank you thank you for all you're doing That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Check out part one if you haven't yet. Follow Grace on Instagram. Check out her website. Get her book. Follow us on social media. Get yourself a new t-shirt or hoodie or mug. People are telling me coffee is particularly tasty in our yellow mugs. Don't quote me on that. Just get one and let me know. All the contact info and links are in the show notes and on our website. And last but not least, don't forget to share the show with a friend. I don't know, someone who survived this winter in New York or someone who works in the food industry or someone who is like me, knows they're going to get the social media thing going, but is still looking for a way to love it. Just click share and send them a link. And remember, we're here to stay. We'll find our way. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. And keep staying safe. I know things are opening up. I know things are exciting. I myself am super excited. I went salsa dancing last week. So it's happening. But keep staying safe. Wear a mask. Love you all. Peace. This is my country. My country. My country. And it don't mean a thing.